0: Welcome back to Whiteout Weekly on another glorious victory week as the Nittany Lions improved to 7-2, and two, now number 14 in the college football playoff rankings and still hunting for a potential Rose or Orange Bowl bid with Ohio State ranked 2, Michigan at 3. But first, let's start around the trenches a.k.a. around the Big Ten. <laughs> Dad, I know we talked about it last week, Dave, but press chaos coming on strong. Chaos coming in on
1: motion, it. It's in motion, baby. It's in motion.
0: The train has left the station officially. <laughs> so just to go over the professor chaos theory, Wisconsin has to win out. Illinois has to lose out. Purdue has to lose one of their last four games and beat Illinois this week. Purdue lost last week 24-3 to to Iowa. Bang, cross that off the list. But now we have Iowa at 5-4, and four, same record as Wisconsin in the Big Ten, 3-3. Three three. So we have a newcomer in the chaos theory. But last week, Wisconsin does its job in winning out, beats Maryland 23-10, and Illinois loses a big game 23-15 to Michigan State. So that's where Professor chaos really, really showed up. Yeah. So moving forward here, Illinois, like I said, faces Purdue at home this week, which is, I think – easily losable game with Purdue's potent offense.
1: Especially if they wake up.
0: Yeah, gotta wake up. Need Aiden O'Connell to show up. He's he's starting for them still, right? Yep. He's been yeah, I, he, I, he I was like, non
1: existent last week.
0: <laughs> I think he's been in and out like all season. So first things first, Purdue needs to beat Illinois. Purdue's out of it doesn't matter because Wisconsin beat them two weeks ago, so they hold that head-to-head matchup tiebreaker. Then Illinois has to go to Michigan, which they're gonna lose that game. And then their final game, where Professor Professor Chaos has to rain his terror all upon Northwest or all upon Illinois as they go to Northwestern for the final game. <laughs>
1: Ooh, to Evanston. Pat Fitzgerald, baby. He is standing right next to Professor Chaos in that game.
0: <laughs> he has to. He's got to bring the grit. He's got to bring the grit. Bring, the
1: grit. bring your lunch pail. Get it done, Pat.
0: What do you got first, Pat? Come on. <laughs> Other side of it. Wisconsin has Iowa this week. Huge game for them. Huge game for them. Because if they have any chance of the Professor Chaos Theory going through, they got to win that game. As I said, same record, 5-4 and four overall, 3-3 three and three in the Big Ten. After Iowa, Wisconsin plays at Nebraska. I think that's an easy win. Maybe not an easy win, but winnable game. And then they finish the season at home against Minnesota. So if the chaos theory shrinks together perfectly. That game is going to be huge. Wisconsin is going to be up for it because they know if they win, it's somehow Northwestern. <laughs> takes down Illinois. Who who knows? If they lose four in a row, they could be so down on themselves. Northwestern could just, you know, run right through them. Absolutely. Is
1: Northwestern totally out of it? Are they totally out of it? They are, right?
0: They've won one game.
1: <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I tried to do a chaos theory for them. Didn't work.
1: <laughs> How chaotic does chaos have to be for that? But, yeah.
0: <laughs> but, uh, we. I mean, there's a reason to keep the, the, the divisions right there. Just chaos yeah. in the West, right? You don't get we don't, rid
1: of them. I'd, you know, we live you know, for this, man. Keep, you know, the, you know, keep yeah. the East in the West.
0: Let a 7-5 let a team go to the Big Ten Championship instead of a <laughs> instead of a 10-2 team. Come on.
1: I will sit chaos. idly by for Penn State to play third fiddle in the East to allow ourselves to watch this beauty in the West. Big, <laughs> big fold every single year. I'm down for it.
0: Yep, I'm officially the choo-choo conductor of the Professor Chaos train, which is off and running. The other thing I saw in the Big Ten was Ohio State struggling hard. Only winning 21-7 to over Northwestern actually worked that game. And if Northwestern had any semblance of of offense, any semblance. They had a couple big plays, but turnovers and their, their offense is just a mess defense played out of their minds. Mm -hmm. But again, any semblance of offense, they honestly might've upset the Buckeyes. I don't know what's going on Ohio state, but they've not looked like the dominant squad that we thought they were coming into, you know, three weeks ago.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, even going all the way back to the season opener against Notre Dame, you just saw a lot of inconsistency and just mm-hmm. times where they just don't look like them their usual selves. And I know they've had a ton of injuries. You got Jackson Smith and Jigbo's been in and out of the lineup all year. Mine Williams, Trayvon Henderson. But they still got a ton of weapons there. You know, we saw it firsthand Marvin Harrison, Ibuka, a lot of guys that can make plays for this team and a Heisman front runner quarterback, but they're just not getting the job done. Defense is definitely improved, like we mentioned in the pod leading up to and after the Ohio State game with Jim Knowles. But that offense, something ain't right and something ain't clicking. And they've been able to get it done when they need to so far this year. But when you talk about a test coming up against Michigan and then a potential CFP berth or, you know, however the chips may fall. They they gotta turn it on if they wanna if they wanna fulfill those big dreams that they got this year.
0: Yeah, their their offensive line honestly did not look great against mm-hmm. against that defense. And CJ Stroud, Heisman favorite, the win was crazy, crazy at Northwestern. Mm-hmm. But he was very, very inaccurate. Very inaccurate. Probably due to the win, but like it just looked like he was off of this timing, kind of. Stutter, stuttering on his first throw like tempted to throw it but doesn't but tucks it in then kind of has, has to throw it away he is good at avoiding sacks but I don't know we'll see what Ohio State brings the rest the last three weeks of the season
1: hey, that wind in, that wind didn't stop Spencer Petras and Iowa Hawkeye, Hawkeye's offense so no excuses
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. wind can't be an excuse come on stopping field goals at the, at the goal line before it even reaches, that was a crazy clip. <laughs> Back to last week in Happy Valley, Penn State puts a beat down on Indiana, forty-five to fourteen, as the Hoosiers went three quarterbacks deep after Jack Tuttle went down after his third or fourth time getting put in the dirt and i let's just
1: talk about jack tuttle right so he we mentioned you put his name in the transfer portal mm-hmm. he gets thrusted into the starting lineup and accepts and says yes i will suit up once more for the indiana hoosiers
0: a man of <laughs> Even honor you know
1: this man has said i am quitting on all of you guys and i'm getting the hell out of town but i will <laughs> willingly go into these hard conditions Against this vaunted Penn State defense <laughs> and just get obliterated all afternoon long, so I much mean, so that he had to get pulled from the game.
0: So I mean that that tar bur- Jack Tuttle. that Tarburton hit <laughs> might have eclipsed the AK hit.
1: I think like, it did. Like
0: <laughs> like that kid, I know we've clowned on him a lot on this podcast, but it has turned from clowning to now respect. He Dude. is he's the Ned Stark. Of football. He's just a man of honor. (laughs) Like, you need me to play, I'll go out there, I'll get sacked, I'll probably have a concussion test either during the game or after the game. I know that's going to happen, but I'm going to do it for you guys, for Indiana.
1: (laughs) There's going to be a Big Ten icon special about him on the Big Ten Network at some point. Just watch.
0: Oh, for sure. For sure. The Jack Tuttle experience. (laughs) I do want to say though, our defense – Absolutely dominated. They did have three quarterbacks go in the game. Sean Shivers, I think, was a little injured still. But they totaled 131 passing yards, 65 rushing yards, and we got six sacks on them. And I want to focus on the Penn State secondary, who we have officially named the Faceless Men, because I feel like that's what they are. They're all just Athletic, lengthy, playmaking ball hogs, who any of them can pick it off at any time. Didn't allow a single inch in the passing game. Joey Porter Jr., the leader of the Faceless Men, not targeted a single time the entire game. That's how much afraid he knows to throw his way. On the opposite side, Kalen King gave up the most yards in the Faceless Men with 39, but 35 of those yards came on one catch. But I want to shout out his twin brother, Kobe King, who had game-high eight total tackles, six solo, which were also game-high. Another game-high six defensive stops, two and a half tackles for loss, three pressures, one QB hit, and one catch allowed for three yards. The King brothers dominated in my book.
1: Yeah, big game for Kobe in a in a tight spot because yeah, Curtis Jacobs and Tyler Elsden, Elsden who had beat out Kobe King in the spring through fall camp and spring ball for that middle linebacker role, both go down in the first half uh, with undisclosed injuries and their status actually still up in the air. But for him to step in, he's gotten run time throughout the season, but be able to step in in a Big Ten game in a Big Ten environment in that you know on the road and be able to put up numbers like that could be a nice springboard for him as he goes down the home stretch here, right? Because if Elston's out for the next three games, you got someone that you can count on, although the depth's going to be tested a little bit. But he's definitely assured that coaching staff that he can come in and get the job done. So, hell of a job by by Mr. Kane.
0: And he's primarily uh, he's primarily middle linebacker, right? Like Mike? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Abdul either plays the Sam or the Will. So that's... Potentially, that's a Mm -hmm. stud tandem at linebacker going forward. For sure. Bringing back the days of LBU. Mm -hmm. So we got to keep the momentum going against our feisty little brother rivalry, I guess, because so many people on social media got mad at us for calling it a rivalry when we posted the uh, handshake video. Like, rivalry, what are you talking about? It's like, well, all these players know each other because they're from the same hotbed recruiting areas. It's heated every time we play. It's close pretty much every time we play. So I would say that's the budding of a rivalry. But other people disagree, and I do get it. I mean, I forget what our record is in the series. I think it's like 41-3-1 or something like that. Yeah. So there is that, but do you want it to get close? Is that how you determine rivalries? Like if they get closer, they win 40 games against us in a row. You want that to happen? No. I want a rivalry to be two teams that hate each other going after it every time. It doesn't matter.
1: We lose to Maryland 40 times in a row. Put us in the Sun Belt.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Go go to the ACC. We'll swap places. (laughs) So, Before we get into the details of Saturday's 3.30 kickoff, we have a very special guest on the pod. So for my family, the Maryland and Penn State rivalry runs very deep. My dad, his two brothers, and his sister went to Penn State. I went to Penn State with my sister, and I had two cousins, two younger cousins who went to Penn State. So we all drank and had a good time (laughs) while... The other side of my family were athletes my mom was a hall of fame lacrosse player shout out to her at maryland my brother also played lacrosse at maryland just graduated and to top all this off my dad's sister went to penn state dated and married a football player from maryland rob klein my uncle one of my favorites Played defensive line for Maryland from 1983 to 1987 and had his share of stories about the raucous environment at Beaver Stadium.
1: Yeah, I know he spoke for a short time, but a really, really great guy to meet, stand up guy, and definitely would fit into Big Ten culture, you know, being the defensive tackle that he was. Uh, no, he was in the ACC, but played against Penn State, but he's Big Ten through and through. So, Great to have a chance to meet him.
0: Yeah. I think the man is Mr. Big (laughs) Ten. Could be (laughs) his nickname. So you went, you played D-line, nose tackle, right? Well,
2: no. Back then, uh, only my last year that I did nose guard and tackle. um, For the first four years, we were uh, wide tackle six. So I was defensive guard.
0: Okay. Mm. Yeah. So you were uh, a little bit of Jordan Davis before Jordan Davis.
2: <laughs> yeah, oh,
0: yeah,
2: a little smaller maybe. <laughs> and
0: then you went there from so, 80... yeah, a... eighty-three to eighty-seven. Yeah, it
2: very... Correct. It was in my first year, and uh, the first one of the first games I got to play in was was Penn State. I um, know oh, way. Yeah, because we had two uh, Jewish linemen. So with a wild tackle six, you had two guards. And the two starting guards, defensive guards, were Jewish. And they decided to observe a Jewish holiday. So I was like third in the depth chart. And wasn't going to play, especially against Penn State. And you know, I, I was definitely getting pe- playing time for that game. So we go up there. And I, I had no idea what to expect. And, uh, of course, we, we take a bus up there. We don't fly. And, you know, we get to the stadium and uh, we're getting dressed. And uh, we go out on the field to start stretching and doing whatever. And, and the fans are out there just going crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I remember, like, you know, sitting on the ground doing the freaking hamstring stretch. And this crowd's going, we are. Penn State, you know, and I'm <laughs> getting goosebumps all, goosebumps all over my, all over me. I'm like, man, what the hell did I get into? What, why are they <laughs> observing this damn holiday? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I got, I got to play, and, and I remember. So, you know, when we played Penn State for those five years, we, we didn't the total amount of points that we lost by were seven points. So it was always a close, close game. Um, I think that one of the married. years we had.
0: They're in their kind of heyday. With, in, yeah, yeah,
2: definitely. There. So, so my first year was boomers. Last year, so for most of the time I was there for the first three years or so, was uh, Frank Reich and Stan Gallball were the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I remember Jess Atkinson missed a uh, a field goal. You know, to we would have won the game, but he missed it. Uh, you know, so we lost by one one point. Yeah, so it, it was just crazy.
0: Yeah, I was looking back on all the – from 83 to 87, and it was all, like, one-score games, like, field goal game, yeah. touchdown game. Yeah,
1: exactly. Was Was Maryland in a conference at that point, or were you guys independent? Yeah, we were – no, we were ACC that year. So, okay.
2: we, we won – I don't specifically remember the – the uh, which years that we were champions in. But 83, uh, I didn't get to go because I was red-shirted. We did uh, Florida Citrus Bowl. Okay. Um, went down to the sun bowl. I can't remember which year that was. Uh, we went to, you know, now it was called the cherry bowl. So we played in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, uh so we were able to go to the cherry bowl. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I got to, I got to be at the game in 85 with, uh, uh, at Miami with, uh, Frank Reich and Stan Galbo when they came back and, you know, the greatest comeback. Uh, college football history. Still, I didn't mm. get to play. I stood on the sidelines. But what, what a great game to watch there!
0: Great seats for uh,
2: it. Yeah, but <laughs> eighty. So in eighty. So that was eighty four uh, when I was a redshirt freshman, in eighty six when we played up there again. Uh, a couple of memorable things happened there. I was um, on the punt return team, and uh, I don't know if they let me go or whatever. But, um, you know, rushing upon punter and I break through and I'm like heading right for it. I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to block this punt. And all of a sudden this freaking squatty ass, you know, probably fullback comes up and just cold cocks me, <laughs> hits me. Hits me so hard that my helmet comes down and freaking almost breaks my nose. But I was split open oh, um, man. on the top of my Jeez. nose. And I kept that for the rest of the season my wife you know, my girlfriend at the time now wife was just like yeah, you're a mess um, but you know that was that was pre uh, you know, con- concussion protocol somehow I passed the test on the sidelines and went back in the game um, but you well, know that, what that was the was, test
0: uh, back then just what, what day is it
2: I, you're like, what, like, where are you? And I'm like, I remember I remember a couple of questions. Yeah, exactly. How many fingers? You know, <laughs> do you know what day it is? I'm like, it's Saturday. You know where you are? And yeah, I'm playing Penn State football game. That's where I am. Yeah, you I, just, know? I just got so, walked. <laughs> but I, I remember that that ride home was just horrible because, you know, just a couple, like, I think I had four 800 milligrams Motrins at that time just for the bus ride to get home. <laughs> um, but, I. Uh, I think that was a couple of other things I remember from that game. Uh, DJ Dozier, I think, was a running back. Um, and, I mean, I tried to tackle him and hit his legs. You know, you've got to tackle him high. You don't want to hit the legs. And, you know, that, that sends you for a loop there. Uh, but the other one that, that was awesome, and, and I think there's a, there's a good picture of it, but uh, Chuck Fawcett was the, uh, a linebacker. He actually played I think, for the Chargers for a little bit, yeah. um, but Chuck Fawcett, he's, he's in the top three still at tackles for Maryland, uh, but it was a, a goal line stand, and Chuck Fawcett jumped over the pile, and just as the running back, Dozier, was coming up, he hit him coming down and stopped the, the play, and it only got a field goal, so... Uh, that was that was pretty awesome. I that was it was just amazing time. That that stadium was just insane.
0: It's those plays like when one guy jumps, another guy jumps, and they meet in midair, and one guy literally yeah. s- stops him with all of his force. That reminds me of how athletic all these guys are. That <laughs> you can jump up, catch a guy in the air, and not move an inch. Hey, Rob, at center center. Center.
2: Yeah.
0: So the the other thing, too, as far as the stadiums go, you know,
2: that's, you know, I think Penn State's probably number one uh, just because of the this the, the fans and the size and the noise. You know, you go to Michigan and, you know, Penn State's like this as far as the stands. And, you know, Michigan's like that, so you don't really hear it. Uh, but the other one is just Clemson. That, those, those guys are insane down there. But, you know, definitely Penn State at the top of the list for stadiums that play. To, and,
0: then, yeah, you played the big owls. Yeah death valley and then the orange bowl uh, it was when it was called the orange bowl miami right
2: yeah that that, that was just, it, all i remember about that it was i mean it didn't impress me it was just hot
0: <laughs> 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 you
2: know it was just freaking hot but you know that that game and our, you know I, I know up at penn state i remember herb franz was our weight uh, strength coach up there and he was breaking clip uh, chalkboards and stuff. You know, we've got to get it going. You know, just going off. Uh, you know, that was definitely a motivator. But you know, at least down in in Miami, I just remember it was just quiet in that in that uh, locker room at halftime, and they are just like, eh, we got to, you know, what we got to do, and come out and do it. So it was it was intense. That was awesome down there.
0: That is awesome. And then you guys play So you you played at Bird Stadium, and then you had a couple games. Correct memorial stadium right
2: yeah. yeah anytime anytime we played for whatever reason i think they just wanted to because of the fan base they wanted a bigger stadium so uh yeah we played it in in uh memorial stadium uh, before they tore it down um and that that was a little crazy too because just the end zone was right you know five feet away from the the stands uh, but I, I do remember i remember the you know, playing there I, I always did kind of well because I, I had quicker feet and Penn State was always um, you know had quick linemen and you know they they, they thought they were going to be able to pull stuff over on us and we, we always had a good game against them but um, you know probably the biggest thing that the, the hatred that I had um, against Penn State was even more deep-rooted as I think I was uh, either freshman or sophomore in high school. And I went up to the Penn state football camp and, you know, when they came out and recruited me, they didn't give me the time of day. You know, I don't, I don't think I showed up on a piece of paper as as meeting their expectations. So, you know, I I really wanted to prove it to to Penn state because those those guys wouldn't even look at me when when I was being recruited.
0: Yeah. A little chip on your shoulder. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Definitely. It's it's funny how uh, our family is, Quite literally, split down the middle. Yeah, Maryland, and exactly. State. <laughs> yeah, and but, I don't know.
2: you know, I, I, it's very, very cool with Maryland. A lot of the all the things that they've done with the stadium, you know, it all came after after I was there. I, I, went, I think I went back like uh, I think it was two years after I graduated, and uh, they they invited us former players to come to a, a spring game and actually scrimmage against the former players. You know I oh, thought no it was, was I thought it was sore after uh, after a regular game I, I was incre- insanely sore <laughs> yeah <playing>. I couldn't <laughs> imagine that. I mean, yeah because all, all, all I was do- the only lifting I was doing was 12 ounce beers and you know, <laughs> <laughs> was, it was that was not that was not fun and, and I and I'm pretty sure we were in the the new the new part of their um, stadium and I, I remember not being very happy that that this came along after i left so we, we were in that small little building about the only thing that was nice was boomer size and bought a eclipse a uh sound system for the weight room and there we the, go. and that was about the only that was about the only nice thing and the weight room was nice don't get me wrong but you know the the other facilities came well after so.
0: yeah my i mean my brother played lacrosse at maryland so just going to see his games at that at the cross stadium. It's just like the facilities are unbelievable. It's just absolutely top notch. So they definitely poured I mean, we, some did. some money into that program and for sure.
2: The best thing, you know, we we thought we were all hot shots. and you know, of course in the springtime, we're out there doing spring practice, and they, they had. Uh, bird they called it bird beach so the southern facing stands you know all the girls would come out and look you know check us out and stuff you know, always, <laughs> <Bird> fun. <laughs> always fun to have, you know, bird beach and we're out there doing doing our practices and stuff so i had i had one of my best spring scrimmages and i remember one of my buddies just uh, told me i couldn't uh couldn't do seven beers in 21 minutes so I, I did seven beers, 21 minutes, went to bed. The next day I had the best scrimmage of my life. So there
0: you go. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the key. Some people uh, load up on right. carbs
1: uh, the night before uh, a big scrimmage. Some people exactly. just drink seven beers. <laughs> uh, it, was car- it was
2: carb loading and I slept well. Right?
0: <laughs> yeah, boom. That's all you need. So I was looking at the spread for this weekend's game. Penn State is ten point favorites, and I called my dad and told him that, and he quoted Dave and said the disrespect.
2: (laughs) He thought Penn State should be
0: way bigger favorites. We had a
2: yeah. Uh, What do you what? Excuse me. What way way more? We're gonna come through. Don't you worry. (laughs) We'll hang with you.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, we've had a lot (laughs) of lot of chirping online i posted the clip yeah. of the handshake i think it was in 2014. yeah 2014. Uh, when the maryland captains didn't shake the penn state captains i think that was the first uh. year i was in the big 10. so i kind of want to make a statement like we're here and i called it a rivalry one of those words that other people can say fine but you have trouble with rivalry is mine <laughs> yeah <laughs> And I called it rivalry, and people were like it's not a rivalry. It's not a rivalry. I'm like, it, it's two schools who recruit from pretty much the same hotbed. Yeah, and the players pretty much all know each other. Yeah. I would consider yeah, that We, we had a so rivalry.
2: we had so many people in my class from uh, Philadelphia and the Pittsburgh area. Uh, tr- tremendous amount of players that, uh, that came from PA. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, and despite the lopsided record it's going to be heated every single time because these players know, they they know each other back and forth. And yeah. Well,
2: if anything comes out of this season, I think it's going to definitely help with the program overall and, Mm. and get some more people looking at Maryland saying, you know, they've got the coach, he knows what he's doing. And, uh, you know, I I think things will come by and hopefully some, no other, uh, um, other crazy things happen as far as uh, players and whatnot that that sheds a, a poor light on things
0: mm-hmm. i think talia tag by coming to maryland that was huge for them yeah oh, you yeah. got a name like him um so i don't know if you remember only story it was 2017 around thanksgiving where our family went the Penn State side, Maryland side. We went to every every Witch bar in Malvern.
2: PJ Wheel of Hands, Matt PJ Wheel of Hands. <laughs> yeah. How do and, you remember this? And
0: how do you remember um,
2: that? Oh, because I've been repeated this story many times and I have to apologize <laughs> to my children. <laughs> and thank god thank God I'm in New Orleans and I can't be in PJ Wheel of Hands for this.
0: Oh uh, no no no. Yeah, we're so, we're gonna FaceTime you and, and so the contest, the contest was anytime. So if Maryland scored, the Maryland uh, fans bought the Penn, or made the Penn State fans take a shot. Vice versa, the final score in 2017 was 66 to three Penn State. <laughs> my brother's,
2: hey, I had to. I, my my daughter had to drive drive me home, and she only had a permit. <laughs> and of course she gets a deer clips a deer on the way home so okay you know i i had to stay true but matt you know you you're you skipped over a little part of that story so for some reason most of the people didn't show up till about halftime because you're already hung over from the night before
0: you, you know, well, yeah yeah but then again i i would have given you yeah. Will, you you were getting off easy with some fireball. I would have gone like Everclear for a shot right away. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. <laughs> now he got to Yeah, I remember. I think Jake was home for – my brother Jake was home for Thanksgiving, yeah. his break. And I just remember he was like, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm like, yes, you are. <laughs> this, is, this is how you know. This is how Penn State dominates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, that, we'll, was, we'll, that was horrible. You're looking out world. this time oh. that you're in Arkansas, but we'll, I'll get I'll get you somehow. Maybe send send down like individual shots <laughs> to New Orleans. <laughs> shots. Yeah, yeah. yeah I,
2: well. I, I'll be doing a clear liquid. I'll be doing vodka.
0: Hey, you all yeah. Nah, oh, not yeah, for you. <laughs> Science is new, <laughs> Yeah, not <laughs> happening again. Not happening again. <laughs> All right. Well, Dave's got a good dinner. All right, Rob, cool. You are the man. Thank you so much for coming on. Love Appreciate talking it. to you about all your football days and stuff. It's always cool to hear.
2: Yep. I got I got plenty of other stories, but you can't do it on a podcast. But yeah. <laughs>
0: definitely good. We'll bring you on next year, and you can. Yeah. We'll go uncensored version.
2: Right. When, uh, when your cool. wife's not right beside you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll tell the. Uh, yeah.
0: Tell the family I, like I the say dumbbells hi.
2: dumbbells on the ear. I you like the dumbbells on the ear? That's good. Oh, yeah. good luck. Love them, You yeah. like Van Pelt, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> like a flight flight yeah. pilot, flight coordinator. <laughs>
2: cool.
0: All <laughs> yeah, right, well, tell Thanks, the, Matt.
2: Appreciate yeah. it.
0: Tell the family I say hi and uh, enjoy your time in Arkansas and obviously have a great time in New Orleans. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I will. Thanks Take for care, coming on, man. Hi, right, Rob. Appreciate nice to meet it. you. It. Nice to meet you, too. Awesome conversation. Talk to Monk Rob. Always love hearing his stories. Such a great guy. I absolutely love him. So, as we said, Penn State, 10-point favorites. And as Dave says, the disrespect on that spread. I thought that was going to be at least two touchdowns. Over under, set at 59. Little betting tidbits before we start. Penn State is six and one straight up, and five and two against the spread against Maryland since that handshake snub in 2014. As for their offense goes, they have it's a very hit or miss offense. Can be explosive at times. It can be absolutely disastrous at times. It's led by Tali Tagavaloa who's thrown close to 70% accuracy this season, but has dealt with his share of injuries, not as mobile as he once was. The offensive line returns four starters. Three of them are at different positions, but they've led 22 sacks on the air. So definitely a weakness that we can exploit. I personally think the best player is their running back, Roman Hemby. He's third in the Big Ten in yards per carry with 6.2. And there are four players in the Big Ten with over 100 carries and zero fumbles. Roman Hemby, Hemby Maya Williams, Sean Shivers, Blake Quorum. So not only does the dude eat up yards, he doesn't fumble. On top of that, they got an awesome wide receiving group. I'm not sure about Rakeem Jarrett, his status. He I, he had that awful-looking injury against Michigan, I think it was earlier in the season, where he fell on his, fell on his leg and it looked awful. But he, went, he came back and played and left in the second half against Michigan State last week with a lower leg injury. He's listed as questionable but they got some dudes at receiver behind him. Deshaun Jones, senior, 6'2", 185, big boy. Dante Dimas, junior, another senior, another big boy, 6'4", 215. And then a transfer from Florida, I believe, Jacob Copeland, who's averaging 15.4 yards per catch. So even without mm-hmm. Raheem Jarrett, they have an absolute stud wide receiver group. But as we mentioned before in the podcast, Joy Porter Jr. just shuts down one side of the field. So it's really going to come down. They're going to be testing Kalen King, him and Aqwan mm-hmm. Hardy a ton, absolute ton. Yeah, um,
1: from a from a defensive standpoint. Right, so they Penn State the last two wins, so they've put up a lot of points. So they put up forty, you know, at least forty points a game in both those contests. When you talk about the Minnesota win, the Indiana win,
0: Maryland which, has which yeah, didn't expect, right?
1: Didn't expect at all.
0: Well, you thought so, it last week, but didn't yeah, expect. Yeah, it still didn't
1: expect. It. <laughs> but Maryland hasn't given up forty points yet in a game this year. So they're giving up on average twenty four points per game, which is tied for eighty third best in the nation. Run defense, allowing 3.8 yards per carry. So going to be another tough test for this O-line. And going back to last week against Indiana, I thought it was personally a masterful job done by Phil Troutwine and staff, given the circumstances and the injuries that they were going going to that ballgame with. So you had Olufushano, who I know we haven't talked about a lot, we have on social media, but his draft stock is soaring. he is being talked about as the fifth overall prospect in the 2023 draft, which is crazy. And we We just think about, (laughs) Hey, this guy started in the Outback poll. He looks pretty good. And let's see what, you know, what we got in 2022 and he, he is taking that and run with it. But to be without him last week and thrusting a guy like Drew Shelton, true freshman from Downingtown into that starting left tackle role and to go throughout that Indiana game and not hear his name was a amazing thing to see. It speaks volumes to the depth that they built. You had Landon Tengwall, who was out as well, and it was actually announced that he's out for the year. Yeah, So that will be missed down here. You know, in the home stretch, and then Hunter Norzad filling in, Caden Wallace has been banged up. So going to be another tough test given the injury statuses or status of the O-line going into this game. Because Maryland's got a pretty nasty front seven, and got to be able to sh- continue to show like they have been all throughout the year, you know, minus a couple games. Uh, speaking of Penn State's running attack, to be able to run the ball and be able to control the tempo and dictate the flow of this game.
0: And yeah, going back to last week, we again saw the Catron jump cuts. Those continue to amaze me every single time. Uh, but like you said. Uh, Norzad, I think, announced he's coming back for next season as well, right? This is going to be huge for that's, that. Yeah, depth. that's big for the interior. And then Drew Shelton, I mean, he's a true freshman, right? Yeah, he's a true right freshman. A true freshman starting at left tackle and allowing three pressures on forty-two pass block snaps, I believe. That's mm-hmm. unbelievable. That's a really really good start i don't care who the opponent is that's a very good start to a collegiate career and no slate on him he does have the frame of like a tight end so he's only going to get yeah. bigger and stronger so i think sky's the limit for that kid and the story that james franklin told of during the COVID recruiting how he sent the video of him like blocking his sister <laughs> yeah, yeah cracking <correct> me <laughs> up. so you sign it's kind of a questionable signing you, <laughs> Why'd you sign him? Oh, I saw a video of him pancaking uh, <laughs> his sister in the backyard. And knew I knew he had to be on the team. It's Like what?
1: <laughs> yeah, and they speaking of Shelton, right? They got a real tough decision to make here, where he's played. I think he's got two appearances on the era. So with the new red shirt rule, you can get four appearances and still red shirt. So depending on the status of Fashano, you know they're gonna have to make a call here. Is do we just burn the red shirt? as they've done with a number of freshmen, we've seen tons of impact. You mentioned Catron Allen among others, nine total red shirts burn this year out of this true freshman class, which is pretty crazy. So to be seen here, whether they say, Hey, we just, we need him because we need him to help us win. Or do they try to patch something else together to be able to preserve that red shirt for, for Shelton. So something to watch out for over these next few weeks.
0: And then, um, uh... You mentioned their defensive line. They are a force. They have one, two, three, four, five guys with double-digit pressures, mm-hmm. and they actually lost two of their starting linebackers last year. But Sean Barham, freshman, has been stepping up. He's second on the team in sacks with three, third in total tackles with forty-one, has a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery on the year. So that kid is stepping up. They also have a defensive back, Deontay Banks, who had a lot of hype coming into the season. He's 6'2", 205, junior. Mm -hmm. But if you look at his coverage grades, he's only allowing 40% catch rate, which is good. He's been targeted 45 times, only allowed 18 catches. But four touchdowns allowed on him to one pick. So he might be someone to target, but I think the man to target is this guy right here. He plays in the slot, Tarheeb Still. Mm -hmm. On the year, 35 targets. He's allowed 27 catches for 281 yards, one touchdown, one pick. I think that's who we go after. And I think we also go after Banks. So sure. I'm calling for a big game for Brenton Strange. I think he mm-hmm. goes off. And then I'm also calling for a big game for Parker Washington. Those two.
1: Like it. You saw, you know, Parker and Mitchell both have kind of alternated. Parker had the big game in the whiteout. Tinsley with a big game last, or this past week against Indiana. So we'd love to see Parker get back in the mix and continue to improve his potential draft stock.
0: Is he is he definitely leaving, or does I don't he... think
1: it's definite. He's eligible, but it could be one where he tests the waters a little bit. It might get convinced to come back to help a uh, a wideout group that's going to still be inexperienced going into next year.
0: Yeah, that was another on on a uh, Twitter. Someone said who would like who would you want to see stay, and they mm-hmm. gave like a rating out of ten. I think Olu was like not eight point five. I said to him, and they're like, "Well, why would he? Why would he stay? He's already, you know, a first-round pick. Mm -hmm. Injuries could come into play. Mm -hmm. Could turn some scouts off, and he might want to come back and further his draft stock to become a top-10 pick. You know, possibly a top-five pick. Offensive tackles are valuable, especially left Mm -hmm. left tackles. Absolutely. Oh, big thing we didn't mention: chop." Going back to to face his old team, the storyline. Here we go. This is going to be for the battle next week. So we're. I'm going to set the total. Chop Robinson, over under. One and a half sacks. Give me that over, baby. Okay, I I'll go with the under. Loser (laughs) has to wear Maryland. Gear, next podcast. Oh. I hate that I have it under. You know, let's let's save this. Let's save this for, for the Big Ten betting bonanza. I don't okay. want to put on the other for chop. No way. <laughs> no way. But speaking of the Big Ten betting bonanza, we head to week 11 where it's getting tough out there. Tough week last week, but we're ready to bounce back. In week number 11. And I know I'm right on that one because I'm staring right at it. Two straight tough weeks for the boys. I am once again the trash man. Frank Reynolds, always sunny. Get the, I get my bets, and I throw them all over the ring. That's what I do. Trash man. <laughs> Went freaking 0-3 last week, which is statistically just as impressive as going 3-0, but mm-hmm. financially way less impressive. <laughs> In Dave and I's battle of the Penn State-Indiana total, I had under 50.5, lost that, lost the Maryland first half money line against Wisconsin. Yeah. Against Wisconsin bad. And then went against my own professor chaos theory and took Illinois minus 16 and a half who we talked about straight up lost. Goose egg for me. Week 10 minus three units. No bonanza points. The season struggling struggling to get back to 500 i am 1115 and 1 down 4.9 units 13 bonanza points so i think at this point in the season my goal is to just go to 500 and be down half a unit maybe zero hopefully plus one <laughs> just <laughs> not be the trash man anymore <laughs> On the other side, Dave, compared to his recent streak, has also been struggling a little bit with only one win last week, being that battle of the Penn State-Indiana total. He had the over in that one. Lost the over 50-and-a-half in Maryland, Wisconsin. That finished at 23-10. Rutgers, plus 26, looked, looked great at half. They were great upset. at halftime. 17-14-and-a-half. <laughs> And then they get outscored thirty-eight to nothing in the second half. (laughs) So, two or one and two on the week. Uh, Let me look up your units. One and two on the week, down one point one units plus one bonanza point, which bring which brings you up to twenty-two bonanza points. My thirteen. I'm gonna need a miracle in these last three weeks to catch you let's kick it off week 11 first bet who you got I am going over to the chaos
1: of the West in a marquee matchup the boiler versus the fighting Illini. line I'm banking on Aiden O'Connell on that offense bouncing back strong and I am taking the over 44.5. and a half I think that total's too low so give me the over 44.5. and a half
0: Wow. Okay. 44 and a half. 44 and a half. I thought you were going to take it. Chaos theory must prevail. (laughs) The spread is Purdue plus six and a half. I'm tempted to take that, but six and a half, weird number. Don't really like it. Would prefer Mm. seven and a half. So I'm going to go Purdue. Moneyline plus 2.10 for plus five bonanza points.
1: Oh. Is that? That could be the bounce back you need, brother.
0: Purdue. Moneyline, what is it right now? Plus 2.10. Boom. Swings. Big swings for the fences here. I like it. On my my side.
1: (laughs) All right, so pick number two. I know I've been struggling the last couple weeks, but I'm sticking to my instincts. Michigan, Nebraska. So Michigan putting up tons of points week in and week out. Total looks a little low to me. Michigan's about 30, 30 and a half. I've seen 31 and a half point favorites here. Over under 48 and a half. I'm going to take the over 48 and a half here. I think Michigan comes close to covering that themselves. And I think Nebraska get a couple couple backdoor touchdowns in there to to hit the over.
0: Over 40 and a half. I feel like you're like running millions of simulations on this game for these totals. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen somebody take so many totals in a season in my entire life. <laughs> it's
1: usually not my pay, but I've been rolling with it.
0: God, you're the total man for a reason. <laughs> All right. So, sticking with my professor chaos theory, I'm going with it. Wisconsin traveling to Iowa. Like we said, same record. Wisconsin's minus one and a half. Strange. Usually, the home two line is built in like minus two, minus three. So, this is screaming Wisconsin to me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take Wisconsin minus one and a half. Book it. Like it. And let the chaos reign.
1: <laughs> On all of us, not just the West. <laughs> all right. Final pick. We've been talking about it. It's a rivalry. I know, but I'm taking the Nits minus 10. This week, I think it's a disrespectful line. Like you it said, is, before, it is. Should be a two touchdown line. So I'm taking the 10 points all day long, keeping the nits minus 10.
0: So we don't have a battle. This week, and I'm not going to take Maryland plus 10. No way. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and take the under in Penn State, Maryland. That'll be my fourth pick. Okay. Now, for, so the bet is next week, whoever loses will have to don Maryland gear throughout the podcast. So, let's choose. What game haven't we picked yet?
1: Ohio State game? 40-point
0: 40, 40 spread. <laughs> Which side do you want? Is it Rutgers? Indiana.
1: Oh, Indiana.
0: I mean, who who knows who's playing quarterback for them?
1: (laughs) Uh, I'll give you the Buckeyes. Mine's 40 and a half.
0: (laughs) 40? I'm taking Indiana. Plus 40. Let's go. I mean, it's going to be like fifty-six. dollars You might get the cheer
1: for Jack Tuttle right. one last time. We
0: got it. This is locked in at, what is it, 40 and a half? I think it's
1: 40 and a half,
0: yeah. Minus 40 and a half. This won't count towards the, our batting bonanza record, but loser of that total battle must don Maryland gear next week. And with Stay that, get yourself
1: back on track, CJ.
0: <laughs> now you're for your house. State. What is this? Come on.
1: You want the Heisman or what?
0: <laughs> and with that, I want to thank you once again for tuning in, listening to us talk Penn State football. We absolutely love it. We love all the support from you guys, and we're gonna keep this train rolling for as long as possible. As long as Penn State football is alive, Whiteout Weekly will be alive. So thank you once again. Thank you to my Uncle Rob for coming on, talking about his playing days, going to Penn State. sure that was kind of painful to talk about at some points, but appreciate it <laughs> nonetheless. And if you guys could toss us a like and subscribe on YouTube, that would be huge. Definitely helps our channel and, you know, helps us potentially do this full time.
1: For sure. Thank you, guys.